0: What's up, Rap Stars? It's your host, Romeo Santos, with co-host Kenny Fulton, and we are excited to be back with you this week. This week, we're going to be talking to you agents out there about agent behavior. Kenny, this has been quite an issue in our organization lately. Has it not been?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's uh, uh, when we're selling houses, we're collaborating you know, with other agents and, you know, you have some stellar agents and you have some sub-stellar agents.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately we sure do. Right. And like, you know, agents behaving badly. Um, that's a terrible, terrible thing to do. I, I think that, you know, agents that maybe either, well, I, I don't want to say it this way. It's not just newer agents, but it tends to be newer agents. Yet there are agents from all experience levels that behave this way. And it seems like, when it's in a seller's market like we are, and if they happen to be the listing agent, that they really act out, right? Like they're they're unresponsive, they can be disrespectful, dismissive, short, um, inconsiderate, right? All those things, and not all of them, not all of them, yet it happens, yet believe it or not, because I know you're experiencing it right now with one of your deals, even buyer's agents are, are starting to key. And I get it. There's a lot of stress and they're dealing with buyers that are, that are a little stressed out, but you know, that's, that's just not the best thing to do when it comes to getting the best result for your client. Right. Right. All right. So to... talk to the, talk to the audience about, um, about what you have going on right now with, uh, we'll just call them Agent J.
1: Yeah. Okay. Agent J. All right. So, <laughs> Agent J is probably um, uh, one of the really cool things that's happening right now is, you know, we are bringing on new agents to our team. And one of the benefits of being on a team is they get to also learn through our experiences and our stories. And that's why we're doing this podcast to help other agents learn through our experiences and stories. So, right. this is a really interesting one. So, um, um, Agent J. Um, So I have this really great listing in this community where we sold several properties. We know the neighborhood very well. Um, And this particular home came on the market. Um, uh, We priced it aggressively, you know, a little bit lower to encourage buyers to, you know, to um, push the price up. And so... Um, The long and short of it is, is they ended up offering 20,000 over asking, Mm -hmm. Uh, We countered them and asked if the buyer could cover the difference in the event of an appraisal shortfall. And we've had a lot of conversations about that topic. Sure. So um, about three days after we were under contract, um, the agent sends over an addendum asking for the sellers to give a 3% seller concession, which would Uh. would have been in the amount of about $12,000. After the fact, after the after
0: you're already under contract. Yep. After After you're already under contract,
1: right? So obviously that's going to raise some red flags. Yeah. So uh, my immediate response was to call the agent and say, "What's up with this? You know, we're already under contract. This (laughs) is out of order, right? I mean, literally out of order. You're not doing these things in a proper order. Um. And then you know, um. And 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 why? You know, why why is this needed? Because I would rather that we just cancel this contract right now, we can go back on the market, engage the other buyers who are interested, mm-hmm. as opposed to getting further down the road to somewhere where we, we know that we're not going to be able to meet anywhere. Right. And so um, it went from it went from that. Now, why does this make them a bad agent? Number one, because they didn't set realistic expectations for their buyer. Yeah. So now their buyer is going to have a poor experience because if they were really expecting to get 12 grand seller concession after they're under contract, then they were misled right? 100% or if if the buyer was a person who was an, un, uninformed then the agent should have checked those expectations and be like look you know this is not you know the the, the way of doing things whatever mm-hmm. um so what i ended up doing was i reached out cuz i'd already talked to the um 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 uh, to the loan officer right and um i needed to know like you know is this crushing his deal. You know, does the buyer not have the ability to close? Because we've already had a conversation prior to that. He assured me that she had the funds in order to, to close the transaction. Right. And so and and that wasn't the case. So they weren't coming because they needed the money. They weren't coming because right. the appraisal shortfall condition. It was just to see if they could get it done. And the seller obviously did not agree to that.
0: Right. Right. Which is crazy. I mean, so, OK, a couple of things to unpack in there. First and foremost, like you said, it's 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 out of order in two ways. It literally and factually is out of the order of the way of doing things. And also it's out of order. You don't ask for money after you've already agreed to a contract unless there has been an inspection and you need a credit to repair those things. So agents know what it is that you're doing and make sure that you don't make yourself look like you don't know what you're doing. Cause that, that like he, like you guys are hearing Kenny say, it immediately raises red flags, right? So at any point, if things start to go sideways, you better believe that they're gonna be on high alert and try to protect themselves as sellers and not necessarily give as much latitude to that buyer or their agent as they maybe would have otherwise. Would you agree with that, Kenny? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right, and so now that's not it though. I mean, Ken- Kenny's actually being a little generous with this gentleman because that that's not the only the only thing that, that this person has done. The, the, Kenny responded to them already after speaking to his client, of course, and the client said, no way, Jose. And so Kenny called the agent back and said, they said no. This agent now begins to be even more difficult and press forward. Well, can you sign the document saying no? Again, that's not how it works. You just don't accept the document. You just simply say no ultimately you did go back and do that which i i i'm concerned about only because there could be some sort of underhanded play there and maybe there isn't well, yet well, again it causes you to fear right
1: we, we haven't delivered a document to Got the buyer it. yeah yeah um it was just so i had it in hand because the you know the, the timing of everything right uh, but 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 one, one really interesting thing when he first came back and asked for them to sign the addendum he wanted a written response from the buyer, which was also insulting, which is saying that I don't believe that you told the buyer about this prospect. And I want to hear it from them. Right. Right. So on, it's, it's like adding insult to injury. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Kenny said buyer, but he meant seller, of course. Right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. All right. So that's a great example of just not coming out of the gate and having a, a situation where you've got goodwill, right? Let's be, let, let's talk about the fact that like, almost every transaction has some sort of hiccups, not every transaction, but almost every transaction has some sort of hiccups. So some best practices, right? So some best practices I would say is always eat the frog first thing in the morning. As soon as you find out there's a problem, whether it's on your side or the other side, whatever it might be, address it, call the other agent, don't text them, don't email them, pick up the phone and call the agent and say, Kenny, hey man, So I have this situation and here is what's happening and here is our plan to overcome it. That's important. Ladies and gentlemen, don't just call immediately just to give the bad news if you don't have some sort of backup. Now, if you get the bad news and it takes you three days to get some sort of a backup, that's too long. You should have already let the agent know. But if within a 12-hour period you can get the bad news and work some some possible solutions wait until you have that 12-hour window to get those solutions so that when you call you can call back and say hey here's what's going on right. here's our plan to get around it we feel confident that it's only going to cause x disruption right right yeah. all right what else kenny what are what are some other things best practice right. that, that we try to do when when dealing with other agents
1: i'm i'm glad you framed the question that way best practices so uh, yesterday when I was sitting with one of the new agents on our, on our team, she said, why are listing agents such jerks?
0: Mm. Right?
1: And I was like, you know Brand what? New that's agent. a great, yeah, that's a great, great question, yeah. right? And so really, it's a good learning lesson for both sides. So if you're a new agent and you haven't done any listings yet, you also have to put your, yourself in the shoes of that listing agent, right? Mm-hmm. So they have the hot property, they're getting a million calls, they're probably getting questions that could have been answered if the agent looked on Bright. So make sure that you're looking through Bright for the information, that you're checking the seller documents, you know, doing, you know, some research on your own oh, yeah. and, and not calling with things that maybe could even be handled with the text because right. we're all busy. We're all on the road. We're all multitasking. Um, you know, we're doing podcasts and, you know, <laughs> miss, miss calls, miss numbers. You have to call back just to find out, you know. So one of the, one of the things that I, I thought was really good that I shared with her was the first thing that you should do, um, um, especially, well, I'll, get, I'll give you from the listing side when I'm engaging mm-hmm. um, uh, the buyer's uh, agent, is that you can go on Bright and you can look up stats, Yeah. right? So let's say when I got that offer from Agent J, um, the offer was an excellent offer, mm-hmm. right? It, it, the other offers weren't even close. Yeah. Um, but I also noticed that agent, D, agent J has only closed two transactions this year, in five last year, right? right? So this is not a particularly high-producing agent. Correct. Now that doesn't mean that I'm not still going to respect an offer that comes from an agent, you know, if they're not a high producer. Right. But it might give you an indication of how many transactions that they've touched. So you can see where they where they're doing their deals at. So you can tell if they're familiar with the community that they're dealing with, mm-hmm. and this is a new price point for them, right? So you can get a lot of information just off of looking up somebody's, you know, MLS ID. Definitely. Um, so once Agent J submitted the offer, um, I wanted to make sure that Agent J understood the terms that they had agreed to. So mm-hmm. number one, this was as is, no inspection. Right. right? This was $20,000 over asking um, and the, that the buyer would cover up to twenty grand difference. Right. Mm-hmm. So these things were in writing. Um, I wanted to make sure that that we could have a verbal conversation. So I make sure that they're having this verbal conversation with their buyer because if the buyer doesn't get it or they don't get it after we're on the contract and then they schedule an inspection, then I have to say, oh no, you don't get a chance to come back into this home until, you know, your final walkthrough right before closing. Right. So number one, you should do some research on the other agent, you yeah. know, try to find out exactly who you're dealing with, try to build some rapport. Like you said, pick up the phone, have a conversation, you know because the report can go a really long way especially when you're dealing with difficult situations because you don't also know when you're going to come across this person again so anybody who's rude to you now um, you might end up on the other side of the transaction in the future dealing right. with that same person and they're probably going to remember how you treated them especially if they're like me and they have this list that I called uh, <laughs> the, the, naughty the, the naughty list <laughs> and I'm writing you down and I'm writing what happened. Right? right. So that way if I hear another agent is dealing with you, I could tell them about an experience that I had with you. Right. right? So some people are petty like me. Yeah. Um, so so make sure that you are putting yourself in a position that in the, in the future, if you have to deal with this person again, you can still kind of recover from this stressful situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great point. You know, knowing I mean, listen, it shouldn't be this way, but it really is kind of like going into battle every time you write an offer on a, on a property or you take a listing, right? Because there, whether we want it to be or not, there's just that natural feeling of the listing agent and the buyer agent being somewhat adversarial, Right. We're representing two different sides. Now, the reality is it's really not because you both have the same goal. You want to help people sell. So try not to take things too personally, listing agents or buyers agents, and, and don't overestimate what it is that your clients really expect. To actually, talk to them, mm. right? Yeah. Um, and so you know, I think researching whoever it is that you're about to work with is a great idea because it does give you some insights into who they may be. Okay. From a production standpoint, nothing about who they are as a person. Uh, and then, yes, call, right? Call and try to build some rapport. What I would suggest though is have something to say a little bit different, right? Mm. Like I get this call all the time Hey, Romeo, how are you? i calling about 1234 Main Street. Um, what's important to your sellers? A lot. Right. <laughs> you know, I like to ask when I call. Kenny, how are you? Uh, Listen, just giving you a quick call. I know you're probably busy fielding a bunch of calls over 1234 Main Street. Uh, Besides price um, and possibly closing date, what else is important to your clients? So they need a rent back or are they looking for anything specific that maybe we might be able to do outside of normal terms? Get a bit more specific and help the agent respond to you appropriately It's going to go a long way to help you and also it's going to show that agent that you're considerate and that you also know what the heck you're talking about, right? Just saying what's important to your client, you're at least doing it, but it's almost like half doing it. It's like going to the gym and just sitting on the weight bench and not actually moving the weights.
1: Mm, Good point. Good point. When do you think a good time to make that call is?
0: I like to make that call once the client has let me know that they're interested in making an offer, Mm -hmm. right? And and I'll also ask a couple of things. In addition, like like, hey man, uh, Kenny, you know how competitive do you think this is going to be? I'm just curious because I want to make sure that I can write the very best offer that's possible. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we've had 20 showing so far. I think it's going to be pretty competitive. Awesome. And I also like to reference Bright MLS and say, so listen. I also I read the remarks in MLS and I also checked the documents, I didn't see that there was an offer deadline set. Do you plan on setting an offer deadline or are you gonna take offers as you receive them? How do you plan on handling offers? All those things are getting a bit more specific and you're almost like answering the question ahead of time, right? Because I know that most agents take this like, it's in the comments, right? Even we do that sometimes. We don't mean to, but sometimes we do that. Like, did you read the comments? It says in there that the deadline is Monday at noon. It says that, you know, in our offer instructions, all the questions that you just asked me, but it's also because it shows you that they didn't actually read anything, right? right. Or if let's say they did put comments in there, you say, hey, Kenny, I did see that you've got the offer deadline, you know, Monday at noon. That's awesome. We'll definitely get you something before then. And I saw that you have all of the um, all of the disclosures loaded up in MLS. Thank you. I see that you have a specific way that you want the offer submitted. So we'll definitely take note and make sure to do it that way. So but besides all those things, Kenny, you know, besides price, besides, you know, any potential, you know, timelines, What else might be important to your client? Do they need to find a house still? Do they need a rent back? You know, what other things would be important to them? And then you just kind of try to build that rapport. I think any agent that gets a professional phone call is excited to get a professional phone call. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know that sounds silly, but we're excited when we get a professional phone call because on the other side, it's often not that, right? Yeah.
1: It's well, and it's also a good sign of how this transaction might go. So 100%. when I'm presenting offers to the, to the seller, I'm not just telling them about the offer. I'm also telling them about the agent and how well I think it's going to be uh, the experience we're going to have working together. Totally. Uh, so one of the good things I did with Agent J was I let them know about the st- his stats. You know, I let them know mm-hmm. about the conversation. And um, what it does is it kind of sets it up. as like, hey, look, the best offer we have comes with some risk here, yeah. right? Um, And so at least it helps them understand exactly what they're agreeing to. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I like about what you said is that when you start the conversation, you know, look on Bright First. I like to start the conversation the same way um, about like deadlines. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I typically do is, is, like you said, immediately after the buyer gives me indication they're interested in property, but I like to leave feedback. So first I'll go on- you know showing time I'll leave feedback because that's always a valuable tool for a listing agent to share, you know, mm-hmm. with their um with their seller. I'll leave feedback and then write something in there like offer on the way or whatever it is. Right. Um and then I call right after that because I just gave them some feedback. I know mm-hmm. they got in the ping, they saw my name. I just did the showing, so I'm not somebody who's just calling to waste your time. I'm somebody right. who's actually shown the property. Yeah. One of the annoying things that's happening right now is we're getting calls from agents who haven't shown the property, kind of Mm -hmm. just filling you out. Sometimes it's unnecessary. Um, And then sometimes these calls are a little bit disingenuous. I've got a lot of calls lately from um, uh, uh, people who are just throwing out, you know, low ball sight and scene offers, you know, Mm -hmm. from like an investor cash buyer, these things that are kind of just like not serious offers. So I like for this person to know like, hey, look, I just showed your property. My clients love it. I have an offer coming on the way. I want to find out how much time I have to put this offer together. We're often showing houses um, on evenings. Sometimes it might be a, a Friday or a Saturday evening. You got your family stuff. You want to know: Do I need to go right back tonight, put this in, and get the in tonight, or can I do it in the morning? Totally. Um, so it's it's it's, it's a, a it's a respectful way of starting the conversation, you know. But at the same time. You're developing rapport, and then you're kind of filling out the other side as well. One of the things I like uh, that you always uh, talk about is whether you are a buyer's agent or a seller's agent, we're all selling houses yeah so you're collaborating you are helping this person sell the house. yes, you're bringing a buyer, you know, but you're helping them sell their their listing so we're collaborating on every transaction, even mm-hmm. if we're not on the same team if it's not dual agency, we are still collaborating and working together to yeah. sell this house. And that's how you want to start the relationship. And and, and and really, that's the reputation that you want to have for yourself when other people talk about, oh, yeah, I've worked with, uh, you know, Kenny and Romeo. They're great. Yeah, 100
0: percent. And that goes a long way. I mean, you know, anytime that I see an agent that I've worked with before in a positive setting and i'm representing the buyer i get excited or if i'm a listing agent i get excited because i go okay i know this agent so that's that's a good thing right all right so we've we've talked about from a buyer's side let's talk a little bit about from a from a listing agent side because you know listing agents right now are for the most part the ones behaving badly right definitely And what I mean by that is that they're probably a little overwhelmed. They've Mm -hmm. probably never had this much business before, this much interest on a listing before. Um, A lot of agents are getting listings that are newer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's fine, great, everybody should succeed. I want everybody that has their license to succeed and help people ultimately. Yet, some things that we do that came out of representing buyers and understanding that side are the very detailed communication upfront, helping to make sure that agents know what's going on. So it starts with our comments. It starts with our offer preparation sheet. It starts with having all of the documents loaded up, right? So those things are all right there. It also starts with making sure that if there is a deadline that it's in there, it starts with having really good listing information. We fill out the entire listing. Sometimes you go on a listing and you go, what the heck is going on? They filled out like the minimum because there's a lot of fields that are not required and people right. just don't fill it out, right? So we do that. Now, granted, we have the luxury of a team and an administrative staff that does that, but but that was training that went into making sure that that mm-hmm. happened. But then beyond that, when we do start to get offers or we start to get calls we we give information, even if we might be frustrated, because I know I do get frustrated sometimes, but I still give the information, right? I still want to make sure, because ultimately at the end of the day, even though the agent might be a little bit of a, of, of a, of a pain or whatever word you may want to use, they're still representing a buyer that could potentially make the best offer on my client's house. Right. And my responsibility is to my client, not to my own ego, right? right? Also, once you do get offers, to communicate with the agents and let them know that you've received the offers and give them a timeline of when they can expect a response. Yeah. And then guess what agents this is a novel ideal here. Before that timeline is up, make sure that you hold true to your word and give an update. Yeah. Don't make yeah. an agent chase you because they already feel a little uncomfortable. They know that, they're, that they don't have the upper hand, so don't use that to your advantage in a negative way, right? Use it as a way to foster goodwill. And, and work with the best agent possible and go back and talk to agents, right? Don't be that agent that just says offers due by Monday at one. And then at the end of it, you just take the best offer. You're being lazy. Why not go back to the top three or four and say, Hey guys, you're all super competitive. My client in an effort to get my client, the very best deal. I wanted to give everybody an opportunity to make any revisions that you may want you got another three hours. If mm-hmm. you're going to make any revisions, let me know. And if you're not great. Mm-hmm. Right. And we try to give them some sort of feedback. Like we have offers that have waived inspections, right? offers that have agreed to pay above the appraised value. We have offers in excess of 5% of the original list price. Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously we can't tell them all the details because I mean, well, you can, but it's not a good idea. You shouldn't. Um, But we want to give them some guidance. Otherwise, they're just shooting in the dark and that's not fun. Yeah. Right? You can't go back to your client with anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, definitely giving them some guidance on what they can do to strengthen their offer is is prudent. Mm -hmm. Um, Once, uh, um, uh, so when I get the initial call from a buyer's agent on a hot listing that I have, number one, I try to be responsive. So even if I missed a call, Make sure that you're calling back, you know, missed calls or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Number two is um, if you have an offer deadline that's set, like you said, if you you don't have one that's set, you don't really know, you know, maybe you're not expecting a ton of offers or whatever the case is, or Mm -hmm. you don't have one in hand yet. What I've been doing is when somebody calls and they're just like, how many offers do you have, right? It's rude. You know, I just say the sellers have asked me to not share that information, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a respectful answer. Sure. Most of the time it's true, great. I love right? that. So I just say, you know, that kind of takes the pressure off of me. Like, hey, if I can tell you, I would. But the sellers have asked me not to. I'm sure you can understand that. Right. Yeah. Uh, number two. That's actually once, a really
0: good thing to say and see their response. It's going to give you a peek into who they are
1: also. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Uh, number two, uh, once I've already kind of squashed that that piece of it, what I, what I like to do is I will put something on my calendar. I'll say, hey, when do you think you're going to have the offer in, right? So now I'll have a reminder for myself that in the event, you know, this offer doesn't pop up, I'll reach back out, right? Yeah. And say, hey, you know, I know you said you had an offer coming over. I just want to make, make sure you had an opportunity, you know, to get it in, you know, what are, your, what are your buyer's thoughts? So that way, if let's say I have four or five offers in at this point, and I know that I was expecting you to receive another one, now I can pretty much uh, figure out like if it's not coming, if they're like, you know what, actually, they actually changed their mind, they saw another home that they're in love with. That also helps me to be able to set expectations for the seller, like look, all the offers that we expected to come in are in. This is what we have to yep. make a decision based upon. So that way you could also right. motivate your sellers to move ahead as well. Now, mm-hmm. once I've had a, a great rapport in the very beginning with the buyer's agent, and I'm like, you know what, this person gonna be easy to collaborate with, even if their offer isn't accepted, then I make sure that I still dignify them with a phone call. I can't tell them exactly what the highest offer was. But the reason why you want to do that is because if your buyer doesn't perform, you're going to have to re-engage this person. And if you've been rude to them, it's going to be, you're going to have to eat that and then call them and, you Mm -hmm. know, be humble now. So what I like to do Mm -hmm. is just cut, cut in advance. I'll automatically just say, Hey, look, I really appreciate, you know, you showing, you know, my listing to your buyer. Unfortunately, they have selected another offer, but I promise you, in the event this buyer doesn't perform, I will give you a call as soon as as that happens. Right. So now, if something happens, so like with Mr. J, as soon as I had that red flag Mm -hmm. pop up, um, you know, luckily we were able to work through it. But my next, uh, 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 my next action would have been to call all the agents who had shown the property, um, and then just say, hey, you know, we are interested in a backup contract offer. Now, what that does for them and then what it does for us is in the event this buyer doesn't perform, their offer automatically goes into effect. So that takes a lot of stress off of your sellers knowing that they have a backup contract offer. Hopefully their buyer performs, but if it doesn't, you got a backup plan. And that only works if you have, you know, totally. a good rapport with those buyer agents. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know what? I actually call every agent that put in an offer
0: personally, because think about it even if you had 30 offers, you're talking about less than a minute phone call. Mm -hmm. So it's 30 minutes and it's the right thing to do, I think. So it's a quick Kenny. Hey, how are you? It's Romeo Santos. I wanted to say thank you so much for, for, you know, doing your best to get a really strong offer over to me. Uh, Unfortunately, it just wasn't the one that was going to cut it. And I wish you the best of luck. I know it's a crappy market out there for our buyers and our Us as buyer's agents, we work with buyers too. So best of luck to you, right? I just keep it short, sweet, simple. I nine times out of 10 get a, thank you so much for the personal call. I really appreciate that, right? I now have built goodwill without doing anything difficult. I just was a good human being, Mm -hmm. right? And I made a call and guess what? You're like, you just said, if I have to call back, it's gonna work. Even when you get the call from the agent, the listing agent as a buyer's agent, ladies and gentlemen, if they give you that information, be gracious. Say, Kenny, thank you so much for calling me. I really appreciate it. Best of luck. Should anything change, please call me. It just happened for one of my clients. We wrote five offers on houses and he kept missing out because he did not have the ability to waive the appraisal. The agent called me back and said, hey, uh, you were the second best offer. The appraisal came in short. The appraiser came in at 443, the sellers only wanna go back on the market if they can get 450. If you can get your client to keep all their original terms from their offers and also agree to pay the $7,000 out of pocket, then they'll ratify your offer. At the settlement table, she looked across the table and said to my clients, I'm really happy for you guys. And honestly, the only reason that you guys are sitting at the table right now, besides the fact that the first buyers didn't work out was because of how professional your agent was and they really stood out. So they were top of mind when this one fell out. Now that was a great compliment, right? And I didn't do anything with that intent, yet I just lived in the way that I would wanna be treated and that's what happened. So I guess to recap, ladies and gentlemen, best practices or treat people how you'd wanna be treated. That's right. Give them updates, be fair to them, be considerate, don't be a jerk, do your due diligence, do some homework, don't call asking questions that you could have already gotten the answer from if you could have just gone on and read the remarks. When you get calls from people that are doing that, maybe be kind and say, hey Kenny, thanks so much for the call. Um, In the event that you did not see those remarks in the remarks section, Uh, We will be taking highest and best by Monday at noon. That's actually how I phrase it, because it lets them know very politely, like, hey, man, they were in the remarks, and yet I'm not making them feel badly about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a subtle nudge in the right direction that could help an agent get over the hump and be just a little bit better, because really all of us want to be working with better agents. Wouldn't you agree, Mm -hmm. Kenny?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and better agents all make right. you know all of us look better. You know, we want a good reputation. Better agents
0: make us all look better. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Kenny. Any other like don't do's that you can think of from listing agent or buyer agent perspective?
1: Um, don't do's. You know, uh, don't be rude. You know, hundred um, no, percent. Don't be rude. Just on on either side. You know. um um, even like text chains, I've had some texts from agents, and then you know, six months later and it's a different transaction, and then I pick up where it left off and I'm like, oh wow, I remember how we interacted oh, last yeah. time. I've so, seen that. Um, you know, yeah. be as transparent as, as possible without being, you know, misleading. Um, you know, sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I don't if I if I don't have multiple offers, you know, I don't want to say, Oh, yeah, I got a, I got a whole bunch of offers, you know, that it's gonna push somebody, it might also right. discourage them from submitting at all. Um, you know, so that's why I absolutely absolutely
0: great point. Yeah. Seller asked me to not disclose. That, that's a great, that, that let, let's pause there for a second. That's okay. a great point. I do believe there are a lot of agents out there in an effort to, to generate more buzz, lie or skew the truth. And it could actually be hurting their clients without them even knowing it. So that I love that you shared that. Thank you, Kenny. Okay. Yeah. what else?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, know, that's what's popping my head right now, but I I, want to throw one more, one more thing out there. Um, when you are researching your other agents, you know, uh, you know, we're using social media, you know, a lot more, you know, now as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I've also been able to, um, really kind of get to know somebody just through whatever they're putting out there, you know, for, for the world. And then when you're building rapport with somebody, if you're having a phone call, and then you can mention something like, oh, you know, you like to boat, I like to boat as well, whatever. Anything that you could kind of do to connect with somebody um, will really go a long way. And what I've had is that even when, if I was representing a buyer and we didn't get the, the, the opportunity, I say, you know what, you had a great listing. You know, I always congratulate, even if my buyers not selected, I congratulate them, right? And then what's happened uh, and I'm excited about right now is we had an opportunity where the agent was like, you know what, you didn't have the strongest offer, Got outbid, right? Um, but because she enjoyed the interaction with me, I said, "Hey, does your uh, this was actually an investor who was flipping a home? Do they have any other properties that are coming on the market? Mm-hmm. You know." And six months later, now I have an opportunity to you know negotiate and collaborate with a a, a listing agent on a property that doesn't even hit the market yet. So now my buyer won't have to compete against everybody else. So just from developing some rapport, Incredible. finding out something about somebody. Writing it down, bringing it up later, like, oh yeah, how is your daughter who goes to whatever university? You know, that is something that really will stick, yeah. you know, hard with somebody and it helps them remember that they did develop some rapport with you, you know, kind of later down the line. That's more of a what to do than what Absolutely. not to do. Absolutely. I
0: love it. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what not to do is just to go in blind, right? And, and also, don't be unresponsive. Mm. Nothing gets my goat more. Then when I reach out to an agent and I don't get even a response and I have to call again, it's at that moment that I really have to check my ego, because that's at that moment that I want to really lay into that agent for being so unprofessional. Yet it's hard. So we're not saying that this stuff is easy. We understand that there are people in this business that are not always the easiest or most friendly to work with. But hold yourself to your standard, and you'll be better for it all the way through. And If there are any non real estate agents listening to this podcast right now, here are some great tips for you that you can use when interviewing an agent in the event that you're looking to list or buy a house. Find out from them how they interact with other agents. See what you can get. See what people are saying about them. Mm. All right, awesome. Well, I think this is a really great show, especially as the market is starting to shift a little bit in the favor of buyers. Not totally, but we're getting there. I think you're going to start to see a lot of listing agents get knocked off this pedestal that they're standing on. And trust me, there are a lot of buyers agents out there that knowingly or non-knowingly subconsciously are going to be out for vengeance. So watch out listing agents if you've not been kind. All right. All right. Rap stars been another wonderful episode. We love all of you. Kenny. Thank you, my man.
1: Hey, thank you, brother. Always great really talking all right, to you. Talk to you
0: later. All right. Bye.